Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. If you're new or visiting, make sure you find our website, our Instagram, Facebook. Come and visit us in person. Because every time we have in-person church, I record a special podcast-only version of the Sunday teaching. It's a lot nicer with this microphone as opposed to having go-kart sounds in the background. Because we meet in a go-kart track, which is kind of cool. But as of today, there are four Sundays until... Christmas Day, including this one. So what we're going to do over the next number of weeks is do a countdown to Christmas, a Christmas countdown. Many churches do Advent this time of year. Maybe you've already bought your Advent calendar with all the chocolates, one each day. Maybe you've already eaten right into like December 20th, and that's okay. That's between you and the Lord. But the tradition of Advent has been around for hundreds of years, starting as early as the 5th century. And there are all types of traditions and rites of passage adopted by Christians during Advent you know, lighting candles, doing all sorts of stuff. But the predominant theme of Advent is found in the word Advent, which comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means arrival. And the heart of it is to set our sights and prepare our hearts for the arrival of Jesus at Christmas time. And we don't want to miss this important time. You know, we all prepare lots of things at Christmas time the tree, the lights, the shopping, the food, the family plans. But do we take time to prepare? Our hearts? Do we take time to reflect on all that this season means to us as Christians? Do we take time to focus on the most important things? Uh, another theme of Advent is the reminder that we are part of this ever growing story of God's kingdom. Some say the kingdom of God is one day, like in, in Acts chapter 1, I love the, the picture of, of, of the apostles and, and other followers of Jesus who saw Jesus ascend into heaven. It says uh, in the New Living Translation, it says that they were straining to see him. Like imagine these believers just standing there looking up in the sky as Jesus ascended to heaven. And it's an interesting image because that's how many Christians live today. It's still, they're straining to see Jesus up there, to see Jesus one day, to see Jesus in, in the news or in you know, all these types of things. But Jesus told us that the kingdom of God is now. It is among us. Uh, we read of this idea all throughout the New Testament, like in Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 21, it says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. And this is an interesting interaction because the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of the time, would have had their own view of what the kingdom of God would look like, the coming kingdom. And it was largely political in nature and involved overthrowing oppressors and prospering as a Davidic nation and all these kind of things. But Jesus replied that the coming kingdom would not be accompanied by observable signs like that, which would have confused the Pharisees, that kind of response. And the second part of his statement was even more mind-blowing. He says, for the kingdom of God is already among you. And now the NIV and some other translations say the kingdom of God is within you. And But as I've studied that this week, uh, it seems like that's not the best translation uh, because the kingdom of God was not within the Pharisees that Jesus was talking to. And nowhere else does Jesus speak of the kingdom as a purely inward spiritual experience. Uh, he says, for the kingdom of God is already among you. I think, I think the phrase might best be translated as within your grasp. 
the kingdom of God was already at work within the midst of Jesus' hearers, so it was there for them to grasp. For the kingdom of God is within your grasp. It's within your reach. The Greek word used there could also mean in your soul. You know, like my, my daughter, Anna, she's reaching for things right now. She's reaching. She's, you know, she's moving around. And she's like, she's reaching. It's right there, reaching for something. So what is it? What is it, this kingdom of God that we're reaching for, that's within our grasp? What are we to be prepared for during this Advent season? What is this thing that's arriving in my soul and that has an outwork of evidence all around me? Like, this is what we're talking about when it comes to preparing for the Christmas season. We're talking about doing some soul work, right? Preparing ourselves and cleaning house. So over the next number of weeks, let's do some soul work. Let's get ready for what God would want to do in you and through you this Christmas. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray. God, I ask that you would help us learn from your word and prepare our hearts for something fresh and new in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start off in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's read that same verse, Romans 14, 17, in the English Standard Version. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And this verse shows us some building blocks of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, living a life of goodness, right? Peace and joy. And I want to start our countdown to Christmas, our Christmas countdown, by focusing on joy. Joy, joy, joy. I want to start here because everything we focus on in the coming weeks is to be experienced with joy. You know, joy is an interesting topic because we all have an association with what joy means to us personally. Sometimes we think it's even personality driven. Like, have you ever met someone who's just really joyous all the time? They're just, they're happy. They're happy when they're in traffic. They're happy when they catch every red light along the northern road. They're, they're just happy, right? But we all have an association with what joy means to us. But the kingdom of God has a definition of joy as well. Like the world says, joy is a consequence of positive circumstances. Consequence of positive circumstances. Like I'm promoted at work, brings me joy. I, I get more in my tax return than I was anticipating. Oh, it's joy. A, a good holiday, I'm full of joy. The weather is good, I get joy. I get a great present at Christmas time, joy. Dinner was delicious, joy. The Panthers win, joy. But the scriptures show us a principle that joy is not just a consequence of positive circumstances. It's actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit and a result of my choices, my decisions. Now, you might say choices. How, how can you make that statement? Well, I'm glad you asked. I heard you in my headphones here. Think about it. Like the kingdom of God is within your grasp, right? And the Holy Spirit is within you. So that means joy is already living inside of you. Peace is already living inside of you. Righteousness is already living inside of you. That means we have the opportunity to choose joy, to release joy in our lives. And there are multiple examples in the scriptures about this, but I want to take some time to focus on the book of Philippians, in particular Philippians chapter one, like pretty much the whole chapter. And we learn in Paul's letter to the Philippians um, some lessons about choosing joy. As Paul writes the Philippian church, he exemplifies and encourages the church in the joy of the Lord. 
And that's the whole theme of Philippians. It's joy. In fact, my study Bible says that the purpose of Philippians is to thank the Philippians for the gift they had sent Paul and to strengthen these believers by showing them that true joy comes from Jesus Christ alone. So if we apply these points and principles in our lives today, we will better prepare ourselves for a great Christmas season and 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 a great life going forward. I believe that. A life of joy. Imagine each of these points is kind of like a, a rock climbing grip. You know, those colorful grips you see in, on the rock climbing walls. Each one of these, as you grab a hold of them, you, you are releasing joy in your life, the joy of the Lord. So let's start with the very first lesson that Paul shows us about choosing joy. They're all in Philippians chapter one, but we're going to start in verse three to four. It says this, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. And I think the first thing Paul shows us is joy is welcomed with gratitude. Gratitude. This is a great example because the Apostle Paul was writing Philippians whilst in prison. And he is showing us that joy is not limited by chains or prison walls. The joy of the Lord is inside of you. And Paul, despite external circumstances, is rejoicing and giving thanks. And if we are to grasp this kingdom of God that is among us, we must grasp it with gratitude. Always spend more time being thankful for the things you have rather than complaining about the things you don't. And Paul shows us from prison that we can choose joy with gratitude. What are you grateful for today? What have you been thanking God for? Grasp joy with gratitude. Amen. The second lesson Paul shows us is in Philippians 1, verse 6. He says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I believe this speaks of faith, a perspective of faith. Paul is choosing a perspective of faith. He says, I am certain. This isn't just hoping and praying. This is confidence by faith. Paul, despite external circumstances, is rejoicing and giving thanks for things and choosing a perspective of faith. He wasn't just speaking of what he was seeing, because what he was seeing was prison walls and chains. He's speaking with a perspective of of faith. And this is why many of us don't experience joy because we don't grasp this kingdom by faith. This kingdom that is within our grasp, right? We we sit and wait for things to change. We or we beg God for things to be different. And the change that really needs to happen more often than not is our perspective needs to change to that of a perspective of faith. Paul says the Lord will complete his work. I am certain of this. This is a faith statement. When we focus on the things in our lives that are not yet complete or not the way we want them, that locks up joy, doesn't it? But when we focus on the promises of God and trust Him by faith, we release joy, the joy of the Lord. This is good news because that means we don't have to wait until completion or until the prayer is answered to be full of faith and have joy in the Lord. You can experience joy on the little by little journey. You can experience joy when you choose the perspective of faith. Now, have you ever met a Christian who just drags their feet everywhere? Oh, I'm just struggling. Things have been really tough. And I'm not talking about being ignorant. 
uh, of reality. And I'm talking about choosing gratitude and choosing faith and watching joy come forth, the joy of the Lord. I could give example after example in the Bible of people who chose faith despite their circumstances. In fact, later in Philippians 1, Paul says this famous verse in in verse 21 of chapter 1, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying even better. And other translations to say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now that is a perspective of faith. When Paul was faced with circumstances that would lead to death, his conclusion by faith was, well, you know what? To die is gain because I'll be with Christ in heaven, right? We're talking about the joy of the Lord today. Joy comes by gratitude. Joy comes by faith, and it is within your grasp. And thirdly, we read in Philippians 1, verse 9, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I believe this speaks of love, letting love abound in my life. You notice that these are all choices, right? I choose the way of love. I don't feel the way of love. I choose the way of love. When I allow love to abound in my life, not bitterness and unforgiveness and offense and annoyance, but love, the result is joy in the Lord. When we choose the way of love, the consequence is joy. When we choose the way of unforgiveness and bitterness, the consequence is the wrath of God. (laughs) That's what the Bible tells us. So I know that life and relationships can be tricky. It is difficult when Christians are on various sides, politically and motivationally, and and people treat each other in the wrong way. But how do we know who's being faithful to God here? How do I know I am being faithful to God in these tricky circumstances? Well, the test is very simple. It's love, Christ-like love, not opinion or knowledge or being right. No, it's love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love doesn't demand its own way. Love is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Love doesn't rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And if you disagree with any of the statements I just made, they're just quotes directly from Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. Do you want to grasp the joy of the Lord today? Grasp it with gratitude. Grasp it with a perspective of faith, with faith. And grasp it by allow- allowing love to abound in your life. And lastly, in Philippians 1, verse 10, it says, For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. I believe this speaks of priority. Priority. We need an understanding of what really matters. And we need to choose to prioritize these things. There are so many things in your life today that are yelling at you. I am important. This is important. And stress comes from not knowing the difference, where joy comes from knowing the difference and choosing what is more important. What is most important? What carries the most weight in your life? You can't have it all. You need to choose what is most important, and your choice has consequences. What should be most important to us as Christians? I think there are are three key things. Obviously, our relationship with God, 
our family, my, my marriage, my kids. I also believe the church. You know, the church represents your part in the building of the kingdom of God, right? The, the scriptures tell us that we are being built together like living stones in 1 Peter chapter 2. And there is great joy to be found in a life that has chosen to keep the main things the main things. When we choose not to prioritize the important things, the consequences are chaos. When we choose to prioritize the important things, the consequence is joy. Joy in the Lord. Let's count down the Christmas with joy. The kingdom of God is within your grasp. And we grasp joy with gratitude, faith, love, and priority. I wish I could make them all start with the same letter, but I just can't. I heard, I heard a really cool story uh, this week of a guy who owned a house in Sweden, a really old kind of heritage house that was later connected to a natural well. And the well would give the house water. And he was having issues with the water in his house. And he called a bunch of plumbers over to help fix this water problem. Like they'd lose water pressure. The water would just stop flowing. And all these plumbers showed up and, you know, fixed this and tweaked that. And and the problem would go away. And then a number of days later, it would come back. Until he got in contact with a certain old plumber in the area who immediately said, I know that house. He said, I actually connected that house to the well many years ago. I know that house. And he came and he didn't just deal with the the, the taps within the house and the things on the surface. No, he went to the source where that house was connected to the well and where the other plumbers didn't deal with things under the surface. This plumber did because he knew where things were. And joy is a little bit like a well. We need to allow God to do the under-the-surface work in our life. Are, are you experiencing joy today or a lack of joy? You know, in Isaiah, uh, there, there's a prophecy about the coming kingdom of God, which we are in right now. You know, when Isaiah was prophesying, he was looking to the future. But now the kingdom's within our grasp. And it says this in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3 to 4. It says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. And I love verse 5 and 6 of Isaiah 12 in the New Living Translation. It says, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The kingdom of God is within your grasp. Drink deep of this well of joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, amen, amen. I hope that the word encouraged you today and has given you some practical tips of how to grasp joy. Let's have the most joyous Christmas season we've ever had. That's what I'm believing for you, that, you know, where maybe in the past family difficulties or stress have just overwhelmed you at Christmas time. Well, make some decisions right from the scriptures today to grasp a hold of joy. Make some solid decisions to choose gratitude, choose a perspective of faith, to choose to let love abound and to choose to keep the main things the main things and watch the joy of the Lord burst forth out of you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, have a great, great week. 